Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 669 with a review of No Sudden Move. I'm Christopher Schnazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a streaming platform near you. Um, we already this week had a review of the Amazon Prime film, uh, The Tomorrow War. Um, almost forgot what we just reviewed five seconds ago. Um, and now we're talking about No Sudden Move, which was available for people on uh, HBO Max. Uh, was, it, was this one in theaters also? Uh, I don't know. I definitely saw it on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. We both watched it on HBO Max. I, I want to say it was only on HBO Max. Okay. But, like, I think it was a partnership with them. <laughs> I feel like in the last episode, you asked it about that film, and now I'm asking about this film. Um, but yeah, we are, we are still talking about streaming films. We're probably around the time that we're going to be reapproaching um, films and theaters more. In the last episode, Stephen talked about having seen a uh, little film in theaters with lots of penises. Um, yep. And both in the audience and on the screen, I assume. Yeah. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, big film coming out this weekend, um, uh, Black Widow, which is going to be available on either... You know, if you're staying at home, you're going to be able to watch it on Disney Plus. Um, or if you're going out to the theaters, it's going to be there. There, There's a chance I will be making it out to the theater to see that one. Um, but this weekend, Stephen and I are both going to be traveling. Um, so we're not going to be getting together to record a review of Black Widow either way until sometime midweek uh, next week. Um, so yeah. I know you'll be dying for that on-time review. <laughs> we shows up. I, I want to know, am I going to be disqualified because i have not watched any of the marvel disney plus shows like are they teeing things up that now if i watch black widow i'm gonna have missed some crucial insight or because this is meant to be a prequel am i likely not gonna miss anything well a it's meant to be a prequel but also remember that chronologically in real life this was supposed to come out before a bunch of these disney plus shows aired mm -hmm. um so i think i saw a headline for an article I did not read that mentioned that this film was supposed to tee up something for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, um, mm. which is done airing. So yeah. I don't think you'll be missing out on anything. If anything, you might be more uh, inclined to want to check that out. But I don't know that that's true because of all the spinoff shows, that's definitely been my least favorite so far, at least. Mm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you should be watching Loki, yeah. if anything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I obviously haven't yet, but because I think, was it that Loki is going to tee up Doctor Strange too? Like, so, I, I thought they have a plan for these shows to feed into the movies, so you have to also watch the shows now. Yeah, so the, the uh, Vision are already, uh, WandaVision, right, um, already sort of teed up stuff for that. And then I assume that Loki is also going to have some greater connections to various things. Um, but, but yeah, it's, you know... That's a conversation for people that go way more into the weeds on Marvel stuff than we do. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I just can't watch. I, I can't get into TV shows based on movie properties. Like I haven't watched The Mandalorian. I haven't watched any of the Marvel shows. I don't, like. I have a mental block where I just can't do it. It feels like too big a task. I can do it if it's a separate TV show, maybe. But thinking of it as a part of an interconnected web, I just like. They're two different formats to me. Like they don't mesh. They they don't make sense together. 
I mean, like, if we go back to all of our reviews of all of the Marvel films, I feel like by the time we get to the rating section, every single time I'm like, no matter what the quality is, this is like a reckon with the caveat because you're going to be watching all this shit anyways. You need to be keeping yeah. on board. And I think Disney has, you know, I think at a time Disney might have thought, you know what, we need to keep things going for people who aren't going to tune into all of our properties. But I think now they feel like everybody's drinking so much of the Kool-Aid that they are just like, we don't give any fucks. If you're not going to watch it, you should have. And you can catch up because these seasons are only like six episodes long anyway. So <laughs> you yeah. can get in there really fast. Um, so I think it's going to be, you know, something that you're going to have to do eventually, Stephen. Plus oh. you're paying for the service, right? <laughs> I know. Hey, I pay good money to be able to then pay $30 to watch a random movie every three months. That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. But Luca was free. Yeah. And it was so free, we didn't do a review of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I only review movies that cost money. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're premium streaming content only. Thank you very much. Yep. But yeah, speaking of premium movie content, are you ready to talk about No Sudden Move, Stephen? I was bored ready. <laughs> um, you say born or bored ready? <laughs> uh, born as in the not going to spoil this movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for No Sudden Move. And then we're going to come back and give you a review. You said a man wants to see me. Ali Albert. Can't come in here. What is he, white? Oh, boy. So what's the score? We're sending a man that works in an office to pick something up. You are part of a babysitting team watching his family while he does it. Good morning. Everything is normal, except... What do you want? Is that something you'd say? Normal Monday? I'm gonna shoot you right now. Can I go home now? Wait at the house after. What do you mean after? Right off of your what is going on? What's going on, big guy? Yeah, what are we doing? We're following instructions. Are you helping me or are you not helping me? No, 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 no. no, no, no. Thank you. Set up, man. God called me, offering me $10,000 to turn you in. 15 for the white guy. Think you're the only one that can make a move? I can make a move, too. I have the keys. I'd like to listen to the radio. Organized crime like the mob. Well, I guess that's the $64,000 question. It's been a long day. I put this over you so I can relax. Thank you. You having a good time? slip up at work. I don't think that's the end of that. You chickened out. Oh. The problem is you're not smart enough to know how not smart you are. Which makes you unpredictable. Which makes you untrustworthy. Why are you doing this, man? Because I'm going to get what's mine. Sorry. I'm gonna punch you now, sir. I'm punching you. This is going to be a punch. Boom, boom, boom.
All right, so that was the trailer for No Sudden Move. Um, I am just going to read the description from IMDb because that'll be easier than me in trying to briefly describe what this film is about. But basically, a group of criminals are brought together under mysterious circumstances and have to work together to uncover what's really going on when their simple job goes completely sideways. Stephen Miller, what did you think of No Sudden Move? Um, I thought this movie was pretty damn cool in a kind of all style and little substance way but in that like that way that i kind of go to steven soderbergh to see i think this is the slickest soderbergh movie in a long time uh, like i use the word slickest like i think logan lucky i probably enjoyed more but in terms of like that slick kind of sheen that he used to have all the time I don't like you have to go back pretty far to find a movie that rivals this one for me. Um, it was cool. This felt like, did you ever see out of sight? Uh, I did not. Okay. Well, well, I think out of sight is the closest comparison to this, which is kind of like the, the classic Soderbergh heist movie. The one that kind of pre presaged the oceans 11 series. Um, and that one was the George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez movie. Don Cheadle played a big role in it, which was maybe partly why I think of it. And also most of it was set in Detroit. Um, and this movie felt like that. It just felt like classic Soderbergh, like teeing up this kind of twisty, heisty movie where characters are getting one over on each other and everything just feels very cool and stylish and time to music and people are just having a great time messing around. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I say all that despite hating, 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 hating the fish eye lens that at least the first half of this movie <laughs> really aggressively use. I'm fine with the lens. I'm fine with it. The moment you pan a fish eye, I, you, you drive me crazy. Like, I can't yeah. think of anything else. It's like filming in like 120 FPS or whatever. It's like you are ruining the movie for me because I can't not see that like radial distortion just like glomming onto everything um did not enjoy that new Soderbergh effect where there has to be like a gimmick to everything but the the style I just thought was really cool um this is like what I wanted white boy Rick to be <laughs> um it, <laughs> it 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 was just really really fun and I'm saying all this high level stuff because if you ask me to go into the plot I will be like woefully unable to do it because there's just so much going on you have Kurt and Ronald and you have an initial plan and then something else happening and there are multiple mob bosses involved and then there are multiple people higher up involved and there's John Hamm and there are so many interweaving things that make this feel like a kind of almost like Soderbergh doing like a lock stock and two smoking barrels of like, I'm just going to like tee up all this stuff. And then at the end, they will all collide in a way that is going to be emotionally satisfying. Um, and then he kind of ties that with an almost Aaron Brockovich of like, and I'm going to have like a thing being uncovered in the process of all this. Like it, it kind of just felt like a greatest hits of his own work. Um, and I was, I was here for it. I like, I watched this after the tomorrow war. And I think, the big dumb fun spectacle did not work on me, but this kind of vibey, let me watch a bunch of really talented actors just like go hog wild in this world that Soderbergh has created this like period drama in, you know, gangster adult Detroit. Um, I, I just had a blast with it. I like, I like seeing Kieran Culkin. 
I like seeing Dave Harbour. It made me want to see Black Widow more. Like I, I forgot how much I can like him in, in a role. Um, Benicio Del Toro is great in a kind of like exasperated what the fuck is going on. Everyone is kind of like, everyone is Brendan Fraser in this movie where they're like <laughs> kind of fat. <laughs> they're not like as cool as they would have been before. And they're all like, <sighs> all right, except, I guess I'm going to do crime now. <laughs> except, for, except for Don Cheadle. He's the only one who's not fat in this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like like if Logan Lucky was like the, the hillbilly Ocean's Eleven where everyone is kind of like, you know, redneck this is like the the middle-aged oceans 11 where everyone is like all right i got a job to do fuck oh now i have to chase this guy like <laughs> i i don't know there was something about the vibe that i really enjoyed i just thought it was a very like juicy movie to get lost in and i say that even though from moment to moment like in the end now i can look back and understand all the plot machinations but so many character names fly by like i could not have told you halfway through what was going on in the movie um but I enjoyed it. I it, it was just a fun return to form for uh, Soderbergh, and I and I had fun with it. I'm glad you did, Stephen. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I also watched this directly following uh, having a bunch of big dumb dumb fun <laughs> with the Tomorrow War, and uh, I found like everything you're saying. I agree with like I'm a hundred percent on board with what you're saying. Like this is just like a a slick film all the characters think they're the coolest fucker in the world um they are all slick as hell and they all feel like they're in their own movie where they are the star but we're watching all their movies at the same time and the world doesn't think that they're the star they think they're the star and that's going to get them into trouble (laughs) and there is an aspect to that i i kind of like um but there's also an aspect of it that i that i don't like and i found it's not that i found this movie confusing it's that I found myself confused as to why I care about any character whose journey I'm watching because oh, like, you don't. <laughs> no, exactly. And I, I think for me, that is, that is hard to spend this much time in this twisty, uh, turny, uh, backstabby sort of everybody getting one up on the other person. And also if people would just shoot people, they're trying to backstab, none of them would have to deal with any of these problems because everybody just goes like, I guess I'm the one with the money now. <laughs> and they walk out <laughs> and then pretty soon someone goes like, nope, my turn with the money. <laughs> and, and I, I found that incredibly infuriating. Um, like it's fun and it's, it's fun in that way. Like, yeah, you got him. But then it's also like, and then he got you too. <laughs> and I just, I just as I was watching this movie, I, I I got tired of the back and forth in a way where it's like it was no longer like in a short film, um, or if if just the last thirty minutes of this movie was like that, it would be one thing. But the fact that it's constantly swerving and going back and forth, and we're jumping from different characters' POVs, and as soon as any character finishes talking, the first thing they do is pick up a phone, and go like, "Hey, Jim, yeah, we're gonna totally fuck him over. All right, yeah, be there at noon, right?" Like every single interaction is just like that, like. How about we do a deal? How about we do a deal, right? Like, it's just watching, like, an episode of Survivor, but instead of being over the course of a full season, it's this two-hour movie where this is all happening. And I, and I think for me, like, y- you brought up, um, like, a Guy Ritchie movie, you know, like, Snatch or Lock, Stock and Two-Step, Bucking yeah. Barrels. In those films, whenever you're introducing a character who will be important later, who is outside of the, the core cast of people, there'll be a person that's like, oh... Have you heard about Bricktop? This is what Bricktop does. This is why he's scary. This is crazy. Don't get on his bad side, right? Or, hey, 
oh wait where'd you buy that gun you got it from boris the blade like right like every like in guy Ritchie movies it's also slick but in a character's introduction you'll get a freeze frame and then a description of why that person is scary and why why you should have to worry about dealing with them right in this movie they're like hope frank didn't put us up to this did frank do it I bet it's Frank, huh? You know Frank, right? Yeah, because that one job you did that went sour? Yeah, cool. Is Frank going to be there? And then it's like, oh, what do you know Frank's there? But it's like, who the fuck is Frank? I don't know who Frank is. Why do I care about Frank? Like, cool. Yeah. Ray Liotta's cool, but like, <laughs> like, like, who the fuck is Frank? And then it's like, it's just constantly people being introduced where it's like, who, why am I supposed to care about? It would be like if you picked some place in like the middle of nowhere and then in, in the middle of an episode of Breaking Bad, you switch and they're like, oh, hey, guys, Heisenberg's coming over. And everybody would be like, yeah, who the fuck is Heisenberg? Like, I'm not in Albuquerque. I don't know who the fuck that is. Right. <laughs> like, I just yeah. con- I, I constantly found myself going like, I don't care about any of these guys. Like when they're talking, I'm like, yeah, that's slick. But then I'm like, but but why is that slick? Like, I, like, like th- there's the, before this episode, you were making a joke that I won't say so that it's not a spoiler because there's like a cameo towards the end of this film. I loved that character. That character was right. great. I guess that character is like the tippy top at the top top. But like, who the fuck is that guy? I mean, like, I know based on like the title stuff at the end of the film that tells me what the real story is that we're watching. Why I guess that guy's important. But also, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. <laughs> Like, I, no, I, I mean, like you started your thing by saying you agree with everything I'm saying. And yet, and I, I feel the same way with you. Like, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I didn't need to care about them at all. I was having so much fun watching actors play dress up and that like you hit the nail on the head. Everyone thinks that they are the star of their own movie and no one else in the world thinks that they are. And so you yeah. get all these like incredibly juicy performances where they're like oh yeah only to get undercut like two minutes later and like maybe die like just disappear from the movie you know um i just found that all wildly entertaining and i don't know that it is a commentary on anything that is subverting tropes or whatever but i like logan lucky i thought it was just such a fun riff on the original like slick heist format like this kind of felt like the like how far can i push only having twists and big characters and like there's always someone above someone else and there's always more to happen and it didn't it didn't come off feeling like a joke like it felt like a movie that really did accomplish being cool and twisty but it also felt like he's fucking with me i i just like i enjoyed being fucked with like i don't i don't know why i had fun with it i i i I just figured it out this is what it feels like to me this feels like an improv group where everybody is on stage but not everybody's standing in the light and like somebody's like, all right, you got to go to the, your boss's office and you got to get the thing out of the safe. And then the guy's like, cool, but I don't know the combination. And then somebody else goes like, yeah, but aren't you sleeping with the secretary? And he's like, yeah. And then the secretary comes in and goes like, yeah, yeah we're sleeping Brady together. <laughs> <laughs> but like, right, like, like, like the, the, every time a new person comes in, it's because the person before that scene mentioned a person and then they show up mm-hmm. and he's like, Oh, but you're not like it, it opened, you know, Benicio del Toro sleeping with somebody's wife. And then later on, it's like, Oh my God. But what if that lady you were sleeping with is Frank's wife? <laughs> it just Yeah. I, I guess I just feel like it was a, it, it's like, like he's presenting this like period in Detroit where everybody's corrupt and, you know, 
the like the mafia and the mob basically like rule the city but they're probably paying up to politicians and car companies have a lot of power and they're he's presenting this world and rather than showing it from a top-down view of let me show you this world he just like puts you in it and then makes you like watch it unravel from below and i i just thought there was something fun about that of like figuring out what movie you're watching as you watch it yeah yeah I, I, there, there was moments where I definitely felt that too. And like, I was like, I was like, all right, cool. This is cool. And I, I think it just became a, like a fatiguing film for me where like the style <laughs> stopped perking me up and made me just go like, yeah, but what do I care about this? <laughs> yeah, I do. I feel like, I, I mean, I love so many people in this movie. Uh, like you mentioned Ray Liotta, which was great to see him. And then I listed a ton of people before I feel like Kieran Culkin was so much fun to see here. Like, I want to see him in this period all the time because yeah, he felt perfect for that role to me. Yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. Like, I really, I really enjoyed him too. Like, just, just like, we should stop and get fries. <laughs> I want fries. <laughs> and also put fat Brendan Fraser in everything. That just, it just delighted me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, there's a lot of stuff I like about this movie. I just don't like the movie. Yeah, that's fine. That's your right. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> I I don't think I have more either. I think it's it's fun and twisty, and again, it is all style and little substance. But the style is just fun, and it's like a romp through all of the Soderberghisms for the last few decades. And I think, like, like I think Logan Lucky is probably a more entertaining film of his. But otherwise, I would need to probably go back to like contagion or something like i feel like it's been a while since i've seen a movie from him that was just this like polished and i enjoyed watching that after his like i liked high flying bird like i've enjoyed his detours into experimental things but this felt like a good combination of both and i was uh i was happy to see it i i did not like his iphone movie <laughs> the, mm. <laughs> i forget what it's called now I, i'm pretty sure i watched high that flying bird or the other one didn't he do multiple iphone movies uh, it's the narrative one, the narrative uh, iPhone movie about the girl who like checks herself into a psych ward. Oh, Unsane. Unsane. That's the one. Yeah. I did not care for it. And it definitely looked like it was shot on an iPhone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Apple would not use that in their marketing ads. <laughs> well, High Flying Bird was also shot on entirely on an iPhone. And that one looked considerably cooler, but it still was not as good as this movie. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, shall we get to verdict, Stephen? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were going to say must-see, record the caveat, wait for until pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, what would you give it? I think we might just be flipping from last time. I'm doing recommend with caveat. I think, again, <laughs> this film doesn't have that much at its core to recommend it, and if you're looking for a movie that when it ends, you will go like, oh, I get it. Like, this doesn't really deliver that. This is really a, it just a, like, Russian nesting dolls of more and more people and more and more twists that go down. But I thought, I thought the style was just really cool. And I enjoyed seeing this kind of twisty, double, triple, quadruple, crossy narrative unfold with all these great actors. So I had a great time. I think you will also have a great time if you go in only looking for style and not really <laughs> wanting something that will like give you something to think about later. Yeah, um, I'm not going to fully flip it. Um, I'm going to give this a wait for rental. Um, um, I, I, will, <laughs> I will say that it, like, I, I know that like a lot of people are going to like this more than I like it. Um, 
sometimes before I actually watch a film, I will skim like headlines for people's reviews of it, but I won't actually read the review. I'll just like see what the headlight is. And I think Polygon, I think had a review of it. Um, I might be confusing with somebody else, but the review is like, this movie is like three different movies and they're all great or something like that was like the name of the headline. And I was like, all right, we'll see what we're, we're about to get into. And I definitely um, maybe liked one of those three movies. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's going to do it for our review of No Sudden Move. Uh, Stephen Miller, people want to find you throughout the week. Where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you, need, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes that go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to No Sudden Move, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, we'll be back sometime next week uh, with a review of Black Widow in some form or another. And uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed your 4th of July and uh, you enjoy the rest of the summer and hopefully you all are keeping cool. <laughs> yep. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.